every Monday to Friday. This is Peter Lewis's Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. This is Peter Lewis welcoming you to my podcast, Money Talk, for the final time this week. It's Friday, the 26th of January, 2024. This podcast is sponsored by Surfing Group, which is headquartered in Singapore and offers online financial services to 30 million customers across 10 countries. In today's business and finance headlines, US GDP grew at an annualised rate of 3.3% during the final quarter of last year. The figure was substantially higher than economists' estimates of 2%. And for 2023 as a whole, the US economy grew 2.5% compared to 1.9% in 2022. The European Central Bank kept its policy interest rate unchanged at 4%, as expected on Thursday, and reiterated it would keep them high for a sufficiently long duration to bring inflation to target. It said that recent data has broadly confirmed its previous medium-term inflation outlook and a declining trend in underlying inflation had continued. However, the ECB gave no suggestion it has started talking about rate cuts yet. South Korea's economy grew at a faster-than-expected pace in the final quarter of 2023, according to an advanced estimate from the Bank of Korea. GDP there grew 2.2% in the fourth quarter compared with a year ago. That's more than economists' estimates of 2.1%. And on a quarterly basis, the South Korean economy advanced 0.6% in the final quarter. That's the same pace as in both the third and second quarters. And exports from Hong Kong climbed 11% year-on-year. That's the third consecutive period of growth and up from a 7.4% rise in November. It also marked the sharpest increase in exports since January 2022, prompted by strong sales growth for most commodities. Imports to Hong Kong soared for the third month by 11.6% year-on-year. That's the largest improvement since December 2021. On today's programme, I'm joined by Francis Lund, the CEO of GEO Securities, and James Wong, Chief Executive Officer at Cathasia Securities. And if you want to get in touch, please go to my website, peterlewismoneytalk.substack.com. I'm also on Facebook, Peter Lewis Money Talk is the page. And on X, you can find me at Money Talk R3. On Wall Street Thursday, the S&P 500 rose for a sixth day, but gains were capped as Tesla shares sold off. The broad index rose half a percent to a new record high of 4,894. The Dow traded 243 points, or 0.6% higher, at 38,049. The Nasdaq Composite rose 0.2% to 15,511, held back by a post-earnings tumble in Tesla. The EV maker's shares plunged 12.1% after the company posted disappointing fourth quarter results and warned of lower vehicle sales for 2024. The yield on the US 10-year Treasury dropped six basis points to 4.12% on Thursday from the six-week high of 4.18% it reached in the prior session. That was after the US data. The US dollar index rose 0.2% to 103.5%. The buck was 0.1% higher against the yen at 147.69 yen per dollar. And the offshore yuan was a third of a percent weaker, around 7.18 renminbi per dollar, as investors continue to assess the impact of China's surprise reserve requirements ratio cut on the economy and capital markets. Spot Gold ended the session 0.2% higher at $2,017 an ounce. 
Brent crude oil jumped 3% to an eight-week high of $82.43 a barrel as the threat of Houthi attacks continues to divert tankers and other commercial vessels away from the Red Sea. And in Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index jumped 312 points or 2% to end the day at an almost two-week high of 16,212. The city's benchmark index has rebounded now 8.4% from Monday's 15-month low. And the rebound over the past three days has reduced losses in the Hang Seng Index for the year to 4.9%. The Hang Seng Tech Index rose 0.9% Thursday, taking its three-day rebound to 9.1%. The index is still down over 12% for the year so far. And the mainland's CSI 300, that added 2%, rebounding 3.9% now from the five-year low it's hit on Monday. And for the year... The index of Shanghai and Shenzhen's largest listed companies is down 2.6%. does look like this morning that maybe that three-day rally in Hong Kong stocks is coming to an end. Futures market markets projecting a decline of about 100 points for the Hang Seng at the open. That's around 0.6%. Should start trading just above 16,100. And you can get more details on the latest market movements in my daily newsletter, which you'll find at peterlewismoneytalk.substack.com. Every Monday to Friday, this is Peter Lewis's Money Talk. Peter Lewis's Money Talk. It's been a busy week for the markets and for the economy as well. To, to help us understand everything that's been going on, we have with us our regular Friday commentator, Francis Lunn, the CEO of GEO Securities. Morning, Francis. Hey, good money. And also with us is James Wong, who is Chief Executive Officer at Cathasia Securities. Morning to you, James. Good morning, Peter. Um, well, Francis, let's kick off with the markets. What a week it's been, yeah. hasn't it? We've seen a big yeah. collapse leading into Monday. Um, the Hang Seng was down almost at its lowest level since 2009 at one stage. The mainland market's down at five-year lows. Then a big rebound um, over the last three days. What is going on? And is, and is, is this rebound um, sustainable, do you think? What's your explanation, Francis? Well, I think it is. It started uh, uh, Tuesday uh, when when news came out that uh, uh, that the uh, the central government uh, is uh, is preparing a two trillion yuan rescue package using the uh, overseas uh, yuan to buy shares to lift the market, and then of course uh, on Wednesday. Uh, the central bank announced that they're going to cut the uh, uh, the, uh, the, the deposit reserve ratio by half percent, uh, which which has been what the market has been calling for. The market was expecting a quarter percent cut, but it came uh, and that was a little bit above expectation, and and beyond that, there were. There, there were new measures, new policy allowing the property developers to mortgage their uh, their malls and and their shopping centers to uh, to get extra liquidity to finish projects on hand. And then another policy is that they they are putting the uh, heads of the SOEs on notice that they have to do a good job because their promotion will will depend on how good. They run the different companies, so that all these news came up yesterday, and then the market saw one thousand, one, one, almost one thousand, yeah, one thousand points for, for in three days. 
And do you think then that this flurry of initiatives that we've seen from the authorities, including a stabilization fund for the stock markets, has now put yeah. a floor under the Hong Kong and the mainland markets? Do you think now we've seen a bottom? And is this rally going to be sustainable? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think previously, I think uh, the central government has uh, just announced so many, uh, how many, 21 points or 30 points I lost count already. But uh, they they just lack any concrete steps to save the uh, 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 the economy to boost the economy, and this week uh, has been the first one in a long long time that we we, we witnessed the central government putting out uh, a declaring policy changes uh, designed to to lift the economy and to lift the stock market and the property market. I think the the government is serious. They understand that the the discontent uh, among the population is very strong, uh, especially for the unemployment among the youth. They have to do something. Otherwise, uh, there will be instability. James, what is your analysis of, of what's gone on? Yeah, I, I agree with uh, with Francis. Uh, I think the uh, the things what we've seen in the past two days or the past three days is actually uh, some synchronized effort to boost or revive market sentiment. Uh, this synchronized effort is the key that uh, we have not been seeing for quite a while. Uh, if you remember... Uh, some uh, uh, hedge fund in Singapore made headlines uh, this week. One of the, uh, the, head, uh, the the fund managers had to close the fund and the fund and uh, in his note to investors, he said he was confused by the inconsistency of Chinese policies. Uh, so that that was really uh, part of uh, concerns or doubts that the Chinese investors have been incubating for about a season, uh, a quarter, more than a quarter now, because since last quarter, uh, since the last quarter of 2023, if you are uh, trying to predict the policy direction, the monetary policy direction using normal uh, uh, circumstances, it's not going to work because uh, we can see different departments out of state, the State Department, uh, the different subsidiaries out of the State Department uh, have their own ideas. And th- those ideas sometimes are contradicting, sometimes are not synchronized. So people are confused. And uh, I think everybody agrees that the, the purpose of the very existence of the uh, the stock market in Hong Kong, in, in China, uh, serves just one purpose, which is to serve the real economy, which is to be used as a financing tool instead of a capital gain tool. Mm. But then people start to ask, uh, with the stock market being performed this poorly, does the Chinese government really care? Do they really care about the participants and the price of the stock market? And during the past four months, we can't really draw a conclusion, but uh, for the past three days, I think uh, they are sending me, uh, the the Chinese government is sending us a message that they care about the capital markets because we've seen a lot of things happen at once. Uh, First of all, the the, uh, alleged 2 trillion yuan uh, uh, rescue plan. Uh, this rescue, pl- 85% of the uh, of the of the amount of this res- rescue plan was to come from offshore accounts of offshore uh, state-owned enterprises. So that does two things. One, 
it is supposed to be boosting the price of A shares. Now, two, uh, it is supposed to be tightening the offshore yuan liquidity. So mm-hmm. at the same day that uh, that uh, uh, alleged rescue plan plan was was reported, we can see the uh, the, the the offshore yuan high board and the uh, tor- tomorrow next forward of offshore yuan. As always, uh, has already been uh, been increased, and uh, the second news, which is a big one, uh, is uh, uh, reported on the same day. Uh, it's the PBOC's uh, delivery, uh, unprecedented delivery of a triple R cut, mm-hmm. and uh, during the press conference, uh, the 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 head of the PBOC actually. Uh, stepped over the turf of the CSRC, basically telling them that if you can do your job well, we are here, friend. We're happy to lend mm. you a hand. Mm. Because during the past, uh, I think two quarters, uh, if you look at the policy uh, policies coming out of CSRC, it's always been that they are seeking high-quality uh, financial industry development, and they are to be have horns and teeth then they are to be very strict on regulations. So, so, so before, before I get on, I want to talk a bit about the, the triple R cuts uh, in a moment. Let me, just before I do that, I want to ask you both something that I've been hearing, which is that there are a lot of derivatives around um, which are mm-hmm. linked to the Hang Seng. They are known as sort of callable ball bear contracts. What, what happens is yep. that brokers sell them um, to retail investors, almost saying they're a bit like bonds. Unless you believe that the market is going to collapse sharply, you get a greater yeah. return, a greater income on these contracts. Well, the only problem is the market did collapse uh, sharply over 900 (laughs) points um, uh, leading up to Monday. And as a result, a lot of these contracts have in effect been knocked out. In other words, the retail investors have lost all of their money on them. And it's about over 12 billion Hong Kong dollars. That's about one and a half billion US dollars. Francis, are you hearing anything about that or um, seeing anything uh, about that? And how big an issue is that going to be? (laughs) Well, well, uh, uh, this is, uh, uh, of course, uh, people who bet the uh, on the market to uh, to rise uh, lost big money over the last few years. But the but this bear market has been going on for for about three years. So uh, most punters already lost their shirt already. So I think uh, what they have left is really just just a small change, and. Uh, uh, you 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 don't see a, a lot of people demonstrating in central, so I I, I think the damage is really controllable. Mm. Now the market has reversed direction. I think they they're going to make the money back. Uh, 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 win the money win the money back again. So 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 you don't have to cry for them because the these are speculators. Although although the people that hold these particular contracts, these ball bear contracts that have been knocked out in the last few days, they won't make their money back because they've yeah, they've now yeah, lost everything. Yeah, but but they, they they can make the bet again. Yes, if they've got any money left. I don't think you need to cry for them. (laughs) Um, What do you think, James? Have you heard anything about this? Do we need to show some sympathy to these retail investors? Always, yeah. I I think uh, the speculator or not, they 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 are having a rough time, like the rest of us. So, yeah, sympathy is is necessary. It's a lot of money, isn't it? It's a lot of money. One and a half billion dollars in these contracts has been lost potentially. 
Well, yeah, that's uh, the, for Hong Kong. The uh, the 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 bear bull uh, contracts are, I think, highly speculative. But in in, in Korea, the ELS uh, security is also tied to the Hang Seng Index, and in China, the the snowball. Uh, the uh, structured products. Uh, also, I think those uh, products actually have more uh, uh, did more damage to local investors uh, back uh, back in their own countries, but not really in Hong Kong. And uh, yeah, some uh, reporter from other news outlets also asked me how much of an impact of these contracts being KO'd. And uh, my answer is it's marginal. Uh, people have always been uh, treating these uh, contracts at critical levels uh, or significant levels of the Hansen Index, and uh, they, at best, uh, can be marginal uh, mm. for the spot. And then the spot is going to affect the uh, the futures, and uh, but is in no way a driving force. Mm. In, in South Korea, the regulators investigating, isn't there? Because there's a lot of these contracts linked yeah. to the, the H share index, which have also got yeah. uh, investors, retail investors, losing a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Well, South yeah, South Koreans are really gamblers. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. They are known for that, aren't they? they? But they've had lots of problems over the years with all sorts of derivatives contracts. Yeah. Let me ask you both about the triple R cuts then. Um, the People's Bank of China is going to lower the reserve requirement ratio by 50 basis points. That's more than it normally does, isn't it? Normally it does it in 25 yeah. basis point steps. Going to free up around a trillion yuan of liquidity, which is 140, 140 billion US dollars, um, which is going to be put towards supporting new loan growth. Um, Francis, what I don't really get here is how this really helps. What what problems does this solve? Because um, as I understand <laughs> it, the problem on the mainland is not a lack of liquidity. There is plenty of liquidity around. There's plenty of capital um, for new loans. It's just that people don't want to borrow. So how is this going to help? Well, I think, uh, <laughs> well, uh, theoretically, uh, in the uh, macroeconomic scale, if you put um, uh, liquidity in the market, the business sentiment will improve. But I think uh, 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 the government has to do some uh, real policy change, like uh, like the crackdown on the schools. From what I heard, uh, some local governments uh, uh, are looking the other way. And actually, these tutor schools are... Are operating again because because the uh, the parents want them they want the, they they want the students to go to to the schools to to learn more things and uh, and 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 that's why you see some of the uh, uh, education shares actually rebounding recently so uh, and, and in addition I think uh, the crackdown on the uh, on the online games and then the uh, the internet platforms have ceased. I think uh, that will improve uh, uh, investor sentiment. I think overall, I think you see the government reversing direction. Uh, they, they 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 seem to understand that too much control is not good for the economy. And so I think uh, people people look at that and say. I think uh, we we have really we have a turnaround now. So do you really think that there, there has been a change of policy now going on in Beijing? I mean, because some of these policies are Xi Jinping's flagship policies, aren't they? Like the crackdown yeah. on the education sector, because he believes that um, you know education yeah. should be provided by the states, not by private companies. So you think there is really um, the, the result of this market collapse 
and the damage it's done to to sentiment is yeah. causing Beijing to reassess some of these policies. Yeah, definitely, because because the 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 biggest the biggest problem created by this uh, crackdown on tutor school is that tutor school used to uh, account for fifty uh, percent employment of new graduates. When you cut that off. Uh, for the young people, that uh, you have fifty percent unemployment rate, that is a big source of in- instability and anger among the young population. I think the government can afford that. I think it's really more of a political consideration uh, than anything else. I think uh, uh, the Chinese government uh, value stability more than anything else, uh, and I think um, f- uh, the things happen so uh, in the society forces the government's hand to really uh, uh, loosen the control. So, James, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that this um, market route has has created fears about um, instability on the mainland, and and you know also the damage it's going to do to sentiment and domestic consumption? And as a result, um, Beijing's reassessing some of its previous policies and reversing course on them. I'm not sure about the uh, the policy about uh, living and real economy, but I'm pretty sure uh, there is a turnaround on policies governing the uh, securities market and the capital market. Because, like I said, it's a synchronized effort. Uh, we we just we don't just see the uh, the uh, alleged rescue plan coming out on Tuesday, and not just the uh, PBOC's announcement of a, of a triple R rate card. And uh, we we also, we've also seen an article come out of uh, New York Times, talking about Jack Ma buying back uh, the shares of Alibaba, and uh, we've uh, or also seen the uh, MPPA incident uh, basically disappeared out of thin air. Mm-hmm. The MPPA incident, I think, is one of the very best example of how unsynchronized and uncoordinated uh, the uh, subsidiaries of the State Department is behaving back in the days mm-hmm. because back then everybody thinks okay the uh, the state department is having 106 points policy supporting uh, private sectors but then the mppa made an announcement that it's gonna uh, limit the cash income of uh, gaming industries uh, so people i think that the 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 effect of that mppa incident is like for uh the Investors in in Chinese stocks uh, who have lost all hope uh, f- managed to to find additional bit of hope and then lose those hope again. <laughs> so, but but then, if you look at the uh, the web page uh, where this announcement was made on the MPPA web page, it was gone. It's for fourfold four four o four. So it, I think it's uh, with the the PBOC, with the uh, rescue plan, with uh, Jack Ma and other influentials uh, buying back Chinese stocks, and with the MPPA uh, not making a big deal out of the uh, the, the games regulation, and uh, with uh, CSRC span on uh, short futures of Chinese indices, and mm-hmm. with the CSRC ban on the uh, uh, offshore uh, equity. Uh, ETFs. So, so I you... think these these combined is gonna turn around sentiments, but I'm not sure about the real economy. 
That's what I was about to ask you. Is is this all going to work? All these policies, which have some of them have been rushed out, haven't they? Like the triple R cuts, suddenly a 50 basis point triple R cuts. Is it going to work? Is it going to restore sentiment, get consumers confidence up, get them spending again and benefit not just the markets, but the but the real economy? Well, the market is the first thing that I consider. So. Well, you continue, James. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I. I think the uh, the economy is a bigger trend, and uh, I. I won't. I, I won't just rush to a conclusion. And uh, the market is a thing that people are, has been. People have been desperate and have been disappointed for at least the last four months. And mm-hmm. then because the policies coming out of different uh, different subsidiaries out of uh, of the State Department has been self-contradicting, self-contradicting and uh, not synchronized. And uh, people are doubting if the uh, existence of the stock market or the capital market is still meaningful. But right now, I think it, it is a synchronized effort and it is uh, going to turn the sentiment a little better. But if, in terms of real economy, I think it's going to take a long time. Uh, so uh, if the stock market performs better, using an example of the uh, uh, the uh, financial condition index in the U.S. If you you, you can see if the stock market is performing better, financial con- financial conditions starts to lose, mm-hmm. uh, starts to become more friendly for the economy. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, with the stock market uh, being boosted, probably this time for the first time in about a year, uh, I think it's going to give the Chinese government uh, a lot less pressure on boosting economy. Okay, Francis, what do you think? Is is it going to work? Are all these measures taken together um, going to work? Uh, I, it has to work. <laughs> and, otherwise, uh, as a stockbrokers in Hong Kong, I'm going to go, going to go out of business completely. Uh, I think for the broader uh, Chinese economy, I think uh, it, it, it will work because uh, it really signals a reversal of the government's policy. Uh, they have been much too tight, and uh, uh, I, th- I think people uh, realize that uh, they have made mistake and they try to reverse it. And uh, it, even the property developers are getting some help by allowing them to mortgage their uh, commercial properties, their shopping malls, and things like that. So, so I think uh, this time it better work, otherwise. Uh, well, Chinese market will are going to fall for five consecutive years and set another world record. <laughs> so uh, it, this is not the first time that China's mounted rescue packages for its markets. It did it what back in yeah. 2015 as well, didn't it? It did it after the the global financial crisis. W- what makes it different this time? It didn't really, um, you know. You tend to get short term rebounds, and they look quite dramatic at the time. You know, they can be 10 percent or more. But but why is this time going to be different? Why is it all going to work this time? Well, I, I think this is because uh, 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 what you have is is really an economic crisis, especially in the property market, uh, when you have the collapse of, of the big property developers and, and you have a lot of people uh, who got stuck with unfinished properties. They, they created a lot of uh, Instability, I think, uh, uh, as I said, uh, the government value uh, stability more than anything else. If they don't do anything about it, the society will become unstable. That's not what the government wants to see. Mm. So are these panic measures? Is is the government panicking? Do you get the the feeling that it is? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Because because I I I I I think uh, I think uh, uh, late last year, I I think the chairman got a a a a, a scrub down by the party elder saying that he has been doing a terrible job. So I think he took that uh, uh, in mind and then tried to improve the economy and mm. improve people's livelihood. So, James, final question before we move on to some other topics. If this doesn't work um, and it doesn't stabilise the market um, and we start to see the, 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 the downturn return, do, do the authorities have any more tools left in their toolbox that they could deploy? Uh, yeah, I think they've all utilised all the tools that they have at hand. So, I, I, But I, I really don't think it's uh, it's... How do I put it? Uh, the PBOC, another example. Uh, like I said, P- the the head of PBOC basically told CSRC that if you can't do your job right, uh, we're going to help. And I think under the current political backdrop, uh, PBOC is not going to do that proactively, proactively uh, without approval from high above. So I think this is a synchronized uh, decision from the entire mm-hmm. Chinese government. And uh, I really hope it's going to work just like uh, Francis said, we we would do stock brokerage and asset management for a living. <laughs> we better keep our fingers crossed then, haven't we? Because it sounds like yeah. that if this doesn't work this time, we'll have to see what they can do next. All right, let's turn our attention to the US where there's no such problems. US GDP grew at an annualized rate of 3.3%. That was much higher than what economists were forecasting. They were, they were estimating 2%. And although it was a slowdown from the 4.9% expansion recorded in the pre- previous quarter. It does mean the US economy has beat expectations when everyone at the beginning of last year was really expecting output to stagnate. Um, Francis, this really is, um, people are describing it as a Goldilocks economy. It's really looking that way, doesn't it? Because um, the the, uh, growth is holding up. Inflation is coming back down to target, according to the uh, consumption figures there. Consumer spending um, is doing well. This is quite an astonishing economy and quite an astonishing uh, rebound from what we expected. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, high-tech sector is really... Uh, helping to prop up the U.S. economy. Uh, I think uh, companies like NVIDIA with their uh, uh, chips and then the uh, companies, uh, high-tech companies like uh, Alphabet, Apple, and uh, and, uh, these magnificent seven, they are leading the world in the technology and also in the, in in the earning power. I think that is the most important. Apple, uh, Microsoft, Alphabet—they are the uh, most profitable companies in the world and the largest capitalization. Mm. So I, I suppose so, we may have to re- downgrade them, though, to the magnificent six because Tesla's not so magnificent yeah, anymore, is not, it? No longer. <laughs> well, everybody predicted it because everybody knew that the uh, uh, there's just too much competition in the electric vehicle uh, market. So, so I think uh, uh, the U.S. US economy is doing well. That is why the uh, 
uh, the, the U.S. stock market setting records almost daily now. Uh, I, I've moved all my money into the U.S. market already. Oh, really? Well done. <laughs> James, what, what are your thoughts on, <laughs> on this? I mean, one of the, the good signs from this report um, was uh, the inflation numbers. Core prices uh, for personal consumption rose 2%. The headline rate was 1.7%. Back within target, isn't it? The, the Fed must be delighted with this. Yeah, I think that's uh, this 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 news uh, this uh, data is gonna uh, uh, continuing to to uh, normalize the market's expectation for rate cut rate cuts uh, within 2024, and the the market was expecting six or seven times of a rate cut, uh, and the dot plot shows uh, three times. So I think the dot plot was offers too little and the markets demand too much and they're, they're going to meet in the middle and i think it's going to be in the side towards the direction of where the uh, the dot plots was pointing and uh, uh, throughout the year i mean year today if you look at the uh, the major indices in the u.s uh it's been good right uh, it's been uh making daily new, new highs uh and uh, if you look but uh, S&P 500 is a cap-weighted index, and if you look at a equal-weight S&P 500, uh, it's actually going down a little bit, uh, about mm. uh, 0.8 uh, or 0.7% downwards. So I think the major indices are protected by uh, at least six or five of the max 7s momentum, and uh, the uh, seems temporarily immune from the, the the increase in in ten year yields, but for the rest of the U.S. U.S. companies, they are actually being impacted by the uh, the increase in yields. Because if you look at the ten year ten year yield, has been increased by I think at a point now thirty two bips uh, throughout the year, and uh, the thirty years has been increased by about forty bips throughout the year. And interesting, interestingly, in German. Uh, the, in Germany, the German 10-year bond, uh, the yield of that it has also, also also been increased by about 30 bips since uh, December 27th of last year. So, uh, uh, so we, we what we've seen uh, from the U.S. stock indices and the uh, the yield uh, differences is that they are uh, not moving in sync anymore. But uh, I think one of them is going to give. And I think the uh, the indices, uh, which were temporarily protected by momentum, by large cap momentum, is going to uh, probably do for a brief correction. If you look at the technology sector, its weight now in the S&P 500 uh, is above 30% as of uh, today. So that's the highest weighting it's had um, in the index since the year 2000. Is, is this starting to really now get overstretched? I don't think so. I think the the two things, which is uh, one is the crowded trade, and second is uh, large cap or tech being uh, weighted too much in the indices. Uh, these are not news. Uh, we've heard about this for as long as the U.S. stocks uh, has been existed. Uh, not not that that's exaggeration. I mean, we've heard about this probably since twenty twenty twelve. So I, I don't think that's going to be a huge concern. Mm. Francis, what what do you think? Where do you think this leaves rate cuts? As James was saying, the uh, the Fed stop plots uh, suggesting mm. three, markets suggesting six. I'm wondering, actually, can you even justify even one rate cut at the moment, given <laughs> the strength of the economy? I mean, interest rates it suggests are probably where near the level that they ought to be. So, what, why would you even cut at all? 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, we won't see any rate cut until the second half of the year because the U.S. economy is much too strong for any rate cut. And uh, the uh, and everybody we predicted a recession. The recession never came, and then uh, uh, everybody predicting the rate cuts this year, and now it might not even happen. <laughs> That's mm. a terrible thing. <laughs> so, can the market cope with um, bond yields moving higher if uh, if traders start to reassess now the number of rate cuts uh, that we're going to get? Presumably, that will put pressure um, on on bond yields. They're going to move up further. Um, is that going to make it harder uh, for the equity markets to to move higher from here? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think the market will 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 uh, you see a big correction. Because up the market uh, gain uh, in the in the past months have been based on uh, rate cuts, but if it if rate cuts don't happen, well, I think the market will collapse on that. Do you think, James, that that's the risk that markets maybe are expecting rate cuts that that won't happen? You mean the the U.S. market? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think I think March is now likely uh, the month where the rate cut started so i uh, i think markets are are uh, in peace with that prediction or 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 facts uh, mm-hmm. yeah if if within the year uh, i mean if in the beginning of second second half of the year there is no discussion about rate cuts i think yeah definitely there there is going to be a collapse Okay. All right. Let's turn our attention to um, Europe. The ECB kept interest rates unchanged at 4%. Uh, That was pretty well expected. Um, And it reiterated it's going to keep them high for a sufficiently long duration uh, to bring inflation to target. The ECB gave no suggestion that it started to talk about um, rate cuts. Nevertheless, once again, the markets don't believe ECB President Christine Lagarde because they are pricing in an 85% probability of the first rate cut coming in April. And that's up from around 70% where it was at the beginning of the day. Um, Francis, what do you think about um, Europe? Are we likely to see rate cuts there first before the US? Well, uh, uh, it might be difficult because the Red Sea problem, because the Houthi rebels uh, are keeping uh, the... The Suez Canal shut, and that will increase the price of uh, consumer goods going from Asia to Europe. Uh, and uh, and then you have a one month delay of goods, and and that will drive up the mark, drive up the prices. So, I think for Europe, uh, you might see price rise again this year because of the uh, Houthi rebels. And so I I don't think you should expect a rate cut in Europe so soon. It may be just follow uh, a U.S. rate cut. Uh, but I think uh, right now it's really too premature to talk about rate cuts now. The, Europe, the European economy isn't in as good a shape as the U.S. economy really, is it? And, and if you look at Germany, yeah. the Europe's biggest economy, that looks like it's in recession. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the uh, 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 the the automakers are losing out to China, Chinese automakers, and that that's a, a biggest part because the uh, the 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 car sector, auto manufacturing, uh, accounts for a big uh, slice of the German economy. It it, it doesn't do well, mm. and and uh, the, uh, the Germany cannot do well. 
Um, final word to you, uh, James. What do you think about Europe? Um, not in great shape, I think, as maybe the US, but uh, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's not going to move a re uh, decision before the US did his. So, so uh, yeah, I think we can just wait for the rate decision. It's not going to happen anytime soon. And, uh, yeah, we are not uh, really invested in, in Europe right now. We are uh, largely invested in the U.S. and in Japan. Of course, uh, some of our profits has been locked by short costs. And uh, we are still sticking with about 10% allocation in China. And uh, we, uh, we, we, we changed our strategies in light of the recent changes in policies and uh but we're not intending to change that 10 percent allocation until we see the uh the offshore yuan hits below seven mm, okay so you're you're still uh, you're still positive on uh, on japan that's a, a big part of your portfolio by the sounds of it and of course japan at 34 year highs yeah uh, the uh, the yen is actually a safe bet for a one-year time frame mm. and what about india do you look at india that's been the other markets Not in the region. Really. Yeah, we were the the investment committee was choosing from uh, to, like India and and Japan, and we we still uh, put more faith in Japan because we we understand Japan more. Uh, India is still kind of a mystery to us. Okay, <laughs> mystery to many of us. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah. Have a great weekend. You heard there, James Wong, yeah. who's chief executive officer at Carthasia Securities, and Francis Lun, who is the CEO of Geo Securities. <laughs> You're listening to Peter Lewis's Money Talk. Money Talk. Thank you for listening this morning. Just a reminder once again to take a look at my website, peterlewismoneytalk.substack.com, where you'll find my daily newsletter with a lot more business and finance news from across Asia to go with the show. I'll be back on Monday when my guests will be Alex Wong, Director at Alex KY Wong Asset Management, and Richard Harris, Chief Executive Officer at Port Shelter Investment Management. And providing a view from mainland China will be Brock Silvers, the CIO at Kion Capital. Have a great weekend. Money Talk.